Hello, welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. I'm William Gallagher and this episode is brought to you by ZocDoc. More on them later. And right now, much, much more with Wes Hilliard because you join the two of us in the middle of a, I'm not going to say fight, but I think I just did, iPads versus Mac and particularly Spaces versus Stage Manager. Now, there's a lot to say this week. There's an awful lot of things going on, but we have to sort this out first. Wes, defend yourself. You like Stage Manager. Well, William uh, just stumbled into finding out that I've been iPad only since about July now. I uh, gasped. Switching, switching back from my 14-inch MacBook Pro, yes. How can you do I'm on a 14-inch MacBook Pro now, and it is the best Mac I've ever used. And you oh, just... I loved it. I got tired of it, though, and decided to go back iPad because uh, uh, same reasons as before. Anyone who's listened to this show for a few years knows uh, about two years ago, two actually two years into my job at Apple Insider, I was iPad only. And then uh, the, you know, Apple Silicon and stage, uh, not stage manager, but uh, Apple Silicon and at the redesigned MacBook Pros, universal yeah, you, control. There was just so much technology. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was, it just sounded really fun. I wanted to check it out. Mac sounded exciting again. So I jumped into Mac and then did that for about two years. And now iPads <laughs> sounded kind of exciting again because we have stage manager, external display support, all the things that I needed back when I was iPad only when I first started Apple Insider, now possible. And I wanted to see if I could do it. And uh, it was kind of an experiment. I was like, oh, I'll go for a couple of weeks and never looked back because, man, I just I, I found out I really missed working from an iPad and uh, I'm just going to stick to it. But to answer your question, when I was on a Mac, uh, I did not use Spaces. I actually went full all in on Stage Manager and really enjoyed using that product on Mac OS as I did on iPad OS. Right. Well, uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been good talking to you. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm really intrigued by this because uh, I was quite excited by Stage Manager when it was first announced. And then I was quite excited about it the next year when it was updated. But it always felt like it was such a faff getting into mm -hmm. it and getting out of it. And I was spending so much time thinking about where things are. I mean, actually, I've got to admit, I, I have a similar thing with spaces that I lose track of where things are. And I have one particular well, app that just keeps putting Windows in any space it likes, no matter what I tell it to do. But Stage interesting, Manager. Interestingly, Stage Manager actually, or I know this is controversial, I think it's better on iPad. Yes, on Mac, it you have infinitely resizable Windows, and you can get a little bit more overlap and choose where your windows are much easier. But the impl implementation on iPad has always been better because uh, it always had the shift-click option that wasn't there on Mac at first. I think it is now. But there's a lot of little things, just the way that it works, the way that it snaps together. Um, Command-Tab actually lets you tab between these uh, your shelves or whatever they're called uh, stages um, on iPad. If you command tab on Mac, it does nothing. <laughs> it did, it just doesn't care. Um, so there's just a lot of like weird little uh, things there. But on Mac, I still stuck to it because I actually um, started using Stage Manager when it first came out on iPad, and I enabled it on Mac so I would have a uniform system across both devices and. So uh, the reason why I think I liked Stage Manager so much is because I liked using my Mac kind of like it was an iPad. I would have maybe one, maybe two apps open at a time, big, large windows, switch between those stages. So maybe that's what attracted me to it rather than having multiple spaces that I had to switch between. The obvious question, though, is uh, do you still want your 14-inch MacBook Pro or, you know, if you want me to look after it? 
Uh, oh, there's a plan. Okay. There's a plan. We can get into it. So, I yeah. r- real quick. So, all right. I don't need a Mac for much. Uh, problem is, is my job has evolved quite a bit over the last few years. So there are things that a Mac is necessary for. Like right now, we are recording a podcast, and I am connected to my MacBook. Funny enough, still can't control audio intense. I can't make a call while that. recording that's, the audio. That's quite sure. I iPad. knew that was a case a few years ago, but it, no, I don't use an iPad enough to even notice it's still the case. That's amazing we, that you can't do that. Yeah, we use Riverside to record this podcast, and that works on iPad, but I don't get a local right. recording. So uh, we would be using my compressed over the internet recording, which honestly isn't that bad, but I think our listeners mm. can tell a difference because there's been times that um, my locals dropped out or I just forgot to hit record and we've had to use it for portions, and it's noticeable yes. difference, even though the over-the-internet um, connection should be good enough that we're not really losing that much, but it is enough to notice. Um, but that use case and one other, um, I help with deal stuff sometimes. Um, so we, we call it our deals. It's where, you know, you affiliate links, that kind of thing. The only way to do that is through a Chrome extension <laughs> and you need desktop Chrome to run Chrome extensions. And that only runs on a Mac. So, um, Every now and then I'll have to go to the Mac and do this silly thing to get a link and then put it in my article and then I'm back but, on the iPad. It's really so, quite silly. I, I've been thinking of a way to try and implement that in shortcuts and uh, I'll let you know. That if would be interesting. Those deals pages on Apple Insider are really good. I mean, Black Friday deals. There was so much going oh. on. You must be really busy on your Mac. And I thank you for your service there. That was a good read. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the, the whole American nonsense of everything is a sale and then it's there's no fooling anybody but for some reason everyone's surprised every year wow black friday's starting earlier wow all the deals are going after black friday whoa cyber monday it's like guys this is the, the deals month of november is just every year i don't right. know why this I'm, is jump, jump scaring everyone I'm every time i'm actually looking at an akara <laughs> uh presence sensor that i bought in black friday and i think it was a bargain but i'm not going to tell you what i paid so um None of this. Oh, of course. Well, their sensors are like $60. That's actually what I paid. Okay. And I thought that was a sale. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, I like it. So, well, oh, yes. That's a secret. It raise the prices, then put a sale marker on them to say that they're discounted. Evil. It's, uh, Clever it's as well. But okay. Uh, Look, none of this is supposed to be. Yes. We were supposed to be serious news because there are serious, well, apparently serious things going on. The one that gets me this week is uh, Senator Wyden asked this question, wrote an open letter to the Department of Justice, and I read this headline and I thought this, I'm really sorry, I know I'm a Brit saying this about America, but I thought this was yet another case of an American politician who hadn't a clue. I mean, you know, you have things like um, people who think uh, Androids are iPhones and things, and there's no reason you should know unless you care, but when you care and you're accusing Android of doing something that Apple does, I feel you're losing the plot. People who don't understand email and junk email, it's like this long history of American politicians saying really silly things about technology and worse, making decisions about it. I thought that was it. This senator said push notifications were being used by governments to spy on us. And I'm thinking, (laughs) yeah, tinfoil hat on the way and then apple comes out and says thank you we have wanted to tell people this and the u.s government has prevented us so i don't know how big it is but it is actually real we can be spied on do you Um, understand how it's actually 
Well, so it's actually really funny because this uh, senator, uh, what would you say, Senator Senator Wyden, he's um, been in tech news quite a lot recently. Uh, so I don't know, you know, what got up his craw about all of this, but for whatever reason, he has been really going after a lot of like tech style security, privacy things. I believe he's the one who uncovered the AT and T deal um that has spanned back to the 1980s use phone records to connect people Goodness. to other people didn't know that one um okay. yes like uh it look look up his name um he's he's been all in the like tech security news uh for good reason it, he, he he definitely is kind of um conspiratorial nut kind of uh what 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 do you what i word did, did say you tinfoil use? hat um, but i'm feeling guilty now uh yeah. paranoia yeah no no i mean he's he's it's kind of it's funny because paranoia is the correct word. It's just um, he, because he ha- he doesn't have a reason to believe these things, but then he proves them to be true. So it's paranoia until it isn't. <laughs> uh, funny enough, but yeah, the push notification thing is interesting because I believe it's not it's not that much information. But what they are getting is what apps a person mm. has and what um, if the notification isn't encrypted because some. Because um, developers can actually go through this intricate process of making Apple, they can see the tokens, so that Apple could see user got notification from this app, but they wouldn't know what was in the notification because basically all Apple sees is the token that was sent, basically. Um, but otherwise, most apps don't care. So, you know, they can tell that you ordered a meal from McDonald's or, or and your Uber driver's on the way, that kind of stuff. Like the notifications have text attached to them. And they're visible on the server. So theoretically, um, maybe your Facebook Messenger notifications, if you don't have it set up properly, maybe it it's telling your messages over notifications or uh, your location information of you're getting picked up at so-and-so address. That kind of stuff can just be sifted through. And yes, it's a lot of data to go through, but if you're looking for a person, if you're trying to find out something... Um, it doesn't matter how much data there is, they're interested in all of it and, uh, something in there might be useful. And yeah, it's a terrible, awful privacy violation It, uh, you know, and Apple apparently only needs like a, a subpoena, which can be issued by the, the, um, department that does these searches by themselves. They don't even need to go to a judge. They can just get their own subpoena and go and collect this data from Apple. So it, it seems kind of broken. And I, again, like it's a good thing that the Senator brought this to light because, um, as usual, it doesn't really matter until it affects someone in power, and senators get notifications for things all the time, so I'm assuming that they're not very happy about this and uh, might do something I read about the it. letter, uh, the open letter he wrote to DOJ, and he, he says that, um, he or his team, I can't remember which, uh, got a tip about a year ago. I really wonder whether that tip was from Craig Federighi or something. Maybe Tim Cook was passing right. by and whispered into an intern's ear. Yeah. The... The thing that he's advocating for that I, that I agree with is um, Senator Wyden. He doesn't believe that things like he, he believes yeah. in more transparency, that there shouldn't be gag orders on data collection, that if the government is using specific resources, that the U.S. population should know about it. Um, and yes, maybe that means that'll push criminals deeper, but it also gives them less tools. Right. So like it's it's a it's a double edged sword. Um, we're taking away the tools that they can use because we're telling them, hey, we're looking here. So if you use that, we're going to find out. And they have to, you know, they get pushed deeper. But sometimes that leads to more honeypots. That leads to more 
uh, abilities to catch criminals because now they're all isolated into this one single ecosystem that can be uh, maybe their backdoor monitoring into that kind of stuff. Like it works, but the, the secrecy actually probably hurts more than it helps. And uh, having some transparency here would be nice. I like the fact that the moment they could, Apple updated uh, one of their documents about um, government requests. They, they still obviously can't say when or who was asked for something, but they've written a couple of paragraphs at the end of one of their legal documents that says, this is what's happening. This is when we can be asked. This is when you know we have no choice but to give up the data. So you could see people being really pleased at Apple at talking about this. I have a, I have a feeling Apple um, iOS eighteen is going to have a really interesting <laughs> encrypted notification yes. system that automatically prevents Apple from. Oh no, Apple can't. We can no longer see your notification information. Who knew? We accidentally Whoops. blocked ourselves. You know. <laughs> yeah, the funny thing is, well, all yeah. the, I know this is silly. Notifications are fantastic and terrible. But um, I used to have this friend a long, long time ago. So rabid football fan and he would pay for text notifications about his favorite football team every time there was a goal from either side in a match he would be texted and there was one game where i was out drinking with him and his team lost seven nil and so he'd cut it was 50 pence per goal that he was out i bought the next round i felt quite sorry Oh, goodness. Uh, speaking of notifications, we can move on. Um, I've been experimenting a lot with different apps, and uh, I've been, I wanted to get back into Apple oh, yeah. Wallet because it seems to be kind of ignored uh, by recently, at least in recent years. Apple announced a lot of features for it that kind of just went nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> I've been yelling about it on Mastodon, like, I, like deliveries, what happened. Uh, I, I've had two notifications from that in 2016 and never saw it again, or 20, whenever that was implemented two years ago. Um, Gosh, what year is it now? Uh, so, uh, they the passbook basically died. Uh, at Walgreens, oh, yeah. like you, that was their leading partner for when you would do tap to pay. It would automatically register your Walgreens rewards. You didn't have to select two different cards and tap two different times. It would do it all at once. All of that's just gone. Nobody uses it. Walgreens even left the wallet app. You cannot add your Walgreens rewards Goodness, to wallet anymore. Um, so I was kind of investigating what can you do with this thing. And um, I found, I forget what it's called. It's it's not it's not gift. It's like uh, it's Sto card. That's it. S T O card, and it allows you to get a lot of those like coupon book um, card scanners stuff like that. Just add it to your thing, and when you go to CVS or whatever, you can pull up the relevant card. They scan it, and you get some discounts. Whatever. It's just something to play with. I, and I was stupid. I turned on notifications because I thought, oh, cool. It'll tell me when I'm at the right store and I can pull up the coupon book or whatever. Mm. No. <laughs> Within a day, I got the weekly deals uh. Uh, notification. <laughs> and what's worse, it, it, it's it's so bad. It wasn't like a link to a website or a list of great deals. It was a photo of the like magazine-style newspaper clipping of all of the discounts that were it's non-interactive basically a pdf of this week's like newspaper pullout clipping and i was just like oh no and just yeah. deleted the app immediately i just did not care it's just like whatever you're doing it's i don't want it and just got rid okay. of it I've just had a wild. good experience with Wallet. I've, I, I worked in a school in Geneva for a couple of days and the you know, flights from the UK and all this stuff. At various points, tickets and things would offer to go into the wallet and I thought, oh, why not? And I did, and most of it worked fine. But uh, I can't remember if this went into the wallet or not, but I actually bought a ticket for a bus, a hotel bus, 
And when you go on the bus and you try to have your code scanned, they have the scanner so close to the NFC reader that the phone starts just displaying your credit card instead. In fact, I'm not certain. I may have actually bought a ticket twice because of it. So, yeah, old-fashioned <laughs> money. That's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's very odd. I, I wish, uh, if anyone listening knows what's going on, just let me know because it drives me insane that there's yeah. so many of these features like deliveries, um, like certain, like passbook, uh, like all the different... Um, things you can add to your Apple Wallet, all all these technologies, and then you look outside of it. You know, Apple HomeKit router support, um, just all these things that Apple introduces that seem like, wow, this is going to be great for the user. I can't wait to see it implemented, and then it's just ignored, just passed by the industry. And I wonder, I wonder why. Like, is it is it really about like data collection? Like, is is being part of um, Apple Wallet like not allowing them to get Ooh. certain information about the user? Is what's going on here? Because it it just it drives me crazy thinking like i could see all of my deliveries from the shop app at least i know amazon will never do it but like certain things like in apple wallet like there's the receipt tracking there's a lot of really cool stuff here and it's just ignored and uh i i wonder if apple's missing like an evangelist program where they have people go door to door and say excuse me sir have you heard the good word about apple wallet could you add your uh app to um passbook please like and it's just what i don't know it it just seems very odd to me that um, these seemingly user-benefiting features that would make the technology better, that would make people, like, Apple people who buy iPhones who care about this stuff would say, hey, I have this tool, how cool is it that it shows up for me, that it presents itself in the wallet app, it's all private, it's all secure, I want to use this, I'm going to look for apps that have it, and then you choose not to be part of that group of the apps that have it, and now your your people are less incentivized to use your app if they're especially if they're like Apple fanatics who know about these technologies. So I just find it odd that they would avoid. Well, yeah, it in the but first you're forgetting place. iPhone. It's a very small market, really, isn't it? I mean, right. Yeah. It that, see that's what I was thinking too. But that argument made sense maybe in 2013, mm. and it doesn't work anymore. It's just most of the United States is iPhone at any given moment. Yes, every now and then. Um, there's a sale on Samsung phones and it overtakes iPhone again, but it's right there at that 50% mark that it's just like, why? Why are we talking about this? This episode is brought to you by ZocDoc. Have you ever been on the hunt for a new doctor? You've moved to a new town, a new state, or your doctor has moved, and now you're asking absolutely everyone for a recommendation. I mean, friends, neighbours, people on Facebook, strangers passing by who look kind, and maybe, maybe you get some names. Hopefully, actually, you even get some good recommendations. But now there's that next issue of whether the doctor they recommend takes your insurance or not. Being in the UK, I had no idea that it was this complex in America or that you could find a doctor, book an appointment and only when you get there do they tell you that no, they don't take your insurance. If I had to go through that, I think, you know, I'd seriously consider just never getting ill. But OK, since that's not exactly, you know, the most practical solution, if I were in the US, I would be using ZocDoc. It's a free app where you find doctors, you book the appointments online, and you know your insurance is accepted. You know before you go near the doctor because you take a photo of your insurance card and ZocDoc only shows you doctors who will accept your insurance. There's no doubt, no delay, it's automatic. ZocDoc will not waste your time showing you doctors that you then can't use. We're talking about booking appointments with thousands of top-rated, patient-reviewed doctors and specialists. 
You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, who are located near you, and who treat almost any condition you're searching for. ZocDoc is a free app where you can find amazing doctors and book appointments online. And every doctor on ZocDoc, patient reviewed. They have reviews from real patients like you and me. And the average waiting time for a doctor that you find through ZocDoc is 24 to 48 hours. You can even get same day appointments. Go to ZocDoc.com slash Apple Insider and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash Apple Insider. ZocDoc.com slash Apple Insider. I keep wanting to say Z, but that is just wrong of me. Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com. And thank you to ZocDoc for supporting the Apple Insider podcast. But apparently there's not enough iPhone users in the UK to uh, have iMessage count as a uh, <laughs> as a service that needs interconnectivity. Well, there are right? enough of us here, but we don't tend to use iMessage. I mean, I do. I prefer iMessage, but WhatsApp is the big thing here, as it is in most of the rest of the world. I think it's so ugly. Can't you get like car insurance through WhatsApp? Like, is, isn't WhatsApp one of those super apps that just That's lets you do everything? Absolutely. You can go shopping. Thought. I can't imagine spending more than the seconds I have to in that app. I it, I don't know why it's so ugly, <laughs> but it just uh, I think oh right, a WhatsApp message. But actually, uh, I shouldn't say this because they might hear. But somebody was bothering me enough over WhatsApp that I just thought I'll switch off notifications. Back to notifications. Switch it off for today, and then I you know I'll catch up tomorrow. And I I didn't get around to it for a week. It was bliss. It was so good. <laughs> well, listen, hang on. All right, let's say there are not enough iPhones in the world. That will change next September with the iPhone 16 because there is now a very unusual hardware room. Normally, I mean, I think it's ridiculous that we're already hearing uh, reports, claims and things about the next iPhone. I mean, I'm still getting used to mine. But normally, you know... William, I was writing about iPhone 16 in May of this year, I believe. Like, it's... It's just been going. May of this year. <laughs> they can't stop. They can't stop. Actually, yes. aren't you writing a long-term review of the iPhone 15 Pro Max? Actually, no. I'm writing the long-term review of the iPhone 15. Oh, standard. I see. I think uh, Mike wanted to switch things up and have people write right. different reviews. I've done one. Yeah. It's actually just come out on Apple Insider as we record this. Uh, long-term review of the iPhone 15 Pro. And I thought we could have a similar disagreement over, you know, iPad versus Mac, Pro versus Max. But we can't. How about instead we talk... I, I enjoyed your review of oh, iPhone okay. 15 Pro. You did, you did call it an activity button oh. a couple of times, I noticed. Well, that's because that I'm so me. energetic, you see. It's all workout, workout, oh, workout for me. Um, that is a good name for it, though, honestly. You uh, you press the button to get your activity. Well, yeah, there you, go. you press and you wait. I don't know why is it a long press. Because if you press the action button, it and not for long enough, it actually comes up with a little message saying, hold for the action button. It's like you're on the phone to it or something. So it recognizes the press can't it do something with that it's, yeah. perhaps the iphone 16 and its ai will uh, understand single presses better you think and, uh, uh, the, the iphone 16's <laughs> ai will recognize grumbling grinding of teeth and occasional swearing and sort things out I'm sorry. You're. It seems you're having a, a bad experience with your iPhone. Can, can we offer you a discount on oh, iTunes today? That started out sounding like Clippy, and it became an advert at the end. Cool. 
the, the, the thing with these rumours, <laughs> I bet when you're writing about it in, in May that something you're writing about was to do with cameras. Is that, Am I right? Oh, yes. Um, everything about the iPhone 16 camera system has been spoken about since the iPhone 15 rumours started. They're just like, oh, yeah, that Tetra Prism uh, or the Periscope yeah. at the time we called it. It's coming to iPhone 16 everything. and So that's been the ongoing rumor. Well, but every rumor I've today? seen has been camera or maybe something about processors or batteries or something. But this week, Ming-Chi Kuo says that those, there are actually going to be improved microphones for the iPhone 16, which is very nice. I truly had no knowledge that there was any need for improved microphones. But he says it's for a specific reason, that it is actually to help with AI that it is to help with improving Siri. So, I mean, it's just, just mean that Siri hasn't been listening to me all these years, and it's not its fault. It's the microphone's fault. Yeah, it's it's the, uh, you know, as you get older, certain tones just disappear in your ear until eventually the sound of your wife's voice is completely eradicated from your hearing spectrum. And it's not that you can't hear her talking. It's you you want to. It's just you're, you just can't do it. So Siri has learned to tone out all of us silly humans making all these requests. So they have to uh, upgrade, give Siri a little hearing aid, and uh, make sure that it can actually hear us. Because I don't know if you know this, William, but Siri's getting up there in years. It's uh, pushing, what, 12? <laughs> um, 12 years old? Whereas all the other competing voices, have uh, they've all been killed <laughs> off, laid to the grave, uh, to be replaced by the uh, AI revolution that um, will surely enslave all of us eventually. But right now, they're very nice and giving us wrong information at a drop of a hat. So um, Siri may soon be reinvented, reborn into this thing, at least for iPhone 16, according to these stories. Can the microphone make that much difference, though? I mean, you and I, I have a problem with Siri at the moment. That if I ask my watch to set a timer for 10 minutes, I can see it says on the screen, set a watch for 10 minutes, and instead it runs it for 9 hours, 17 minutes, 14 seconds. Something crazily different. Do you, yeah. um, did you own the original HomePod? I, I believe you did, or at least yes, do currently. Yes, In fact, actually, I can see it. Yes, it's on my desk. All right, so no, take, take me back in time to when the HomePod originally released and you got it in your house for the first time, you set it up, was it not just impactful and amazing to go like into the next room and then just say with your speaking voice, not screaming at the top of your lungs, just say a command and have it hear you from the next room? Yes. Uh, so yes, yes, I do believe microphones make a very big difference because okay. uh, the, the, the HomePod's ability to pick up on what you're saying, even at with music blaring through the house and i just mm. at voice volume say my command and it just does what it needs to do yes siri and um and the like internet and everything else can fall down but at least it hearing you was never an issue and hasn't been since the home pod so uh the iphone okay. itty bitty microphones only a couple of them i don't i don't remember how many but i think it's two maybe three in the entire phone whereas like a home pod has like six so Yes, an improvement to a microphone system could make a huge difference because a lot of um, people uh, blaming Siri or, or hating on it is more to do with it understanding what the person says, not that, it, not necessarily that it can't hear it. So maybe better vocal processing as well is in need because there's a lot of dialects, a lot of accents out there. So we'll see what Apple does. Okay, you've convinced me there, except when you took me back in time to the HomePod arriving. I remember this thing that... I remember Apple once talking through how what 
when you have an Apple Watch, a HomePod, an Apple TV, um, an iPhone, an iPad and a Mac, and you say, hey, Iris, or whatever it is, um, that how does... We, which device responds to you is actually an astounding piece of calculation. Pulling. They instantly talk to each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which one did he last use? Uh, that's most likely to be it. Has he turned his wrist? Does that mean it's most likely the watch? All of this incredible work. I believe and they can even constantly. They can even tell the, the HomePod because, like, your voice yeah. oh, amplifies the microphone. That. No. No. Because this is why you put it back in my head. I would be in my living room and I'd hear this from the distance. My HomePod in my office, upstairs, two doors back, would be responding to me trying to talk to my watch on my wrist. And uh, Once I was actually just trying to get a screenshot of something and I was so desperate, I was switching off every device so that only this iPhone would respond. And I finally got everything switched off in the house, said, hey, Iris, and my wife's phone in the next office <laughs> went up instead. I think it's personal now. So Yes, it's going against yeah. you. For some reason, I'm a Siri unicorn. I don't really run into a lot of issues uh, personally, but I've also spent a lot of time figuring out like exactly what to say and what commands I use. So I, I frequently use similar commands. I don't you know, go out and try and discover new ones to break the thing. Um, but I did turn off, so I don't have it turned on uh, the command uh, on everything. I actually have it turned off in like my dining room because my kitchen and living room speakers are in proximity. So I don't want to you know, say yeah. something to the dining room and have it pick up everywhere in the house. So um, I've created some space there so my voice doesn't, my traveling voice doesn't, because I, I live in a house, but it's not a very big house. It, you can hear me talking in the living room from the kitchen. So, um, but it, it tends to work. I, I never, I've never found myself speaking in the living room and having the kitchen pick up. And one of my favorite things to do is I'll be heading downstairs to the den and the lights are usually off because there's usually nobody downstairs during the day. So I'll just say to the air, to turn on the downstairs lights and someone somewhere picks it up. It's either the bathroom one upstairs or the den one downstairs, but I don't have to think about it. I just throw it into space. Mm. And it also helps William. If you're trying to do something in a specific room, just let it know which room. So if the wrong one picks up, it still happens anyway. Hang on. How do you tell it you're in a specific room? Just say, am I misunderstanding that? So say, turn the lights on in the office. Instead of just oh, I see what you mean. Instead of just Not, saying, I am it. in my office. To, right, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, because I, the the general command. I, I don't know if people know this, but if your HomePod knows what HomeKit room it is in the house, so you can you don't have to spe- be specific. I usually just walk into my bedroom and say, "Turn on the light," because it knows what light I'm talking about because it's the only light in the room that it's connected to. Um, but if you want it to turn on a specific light, that's when you have to get more specific. I should say, don't let me go down a rabbit hole here because we have HomeKit Insider every Monday. Actually, there's HomeKit Insiders, App Insider Daily, there's us. But the HomeKit one, I really should talk to Andrew about this because during COVID, I upgraded my router. I changed my Wi-Fi network and HomeKit has never recovered to the extent that my wife, I cannot invite her to our own house. You might just have to to nuke it and start over, like create a new home. Just factory reset everything move everything over one by one do you have like 50 devices how many devices do you have probably 10 or 15 with all different light bulbs in places so oh you you have it seems a lot to me you have you have it so easy my goodness if i had to do a factory reset of my home i would literally cry um yeah yeah i i'm leaning that way 
Yes. Uh, well, okay. are your light bulbs on a Hue network? Yes. Well, then you don't even are. have to. Yeah, your light bulbs communicate by themselves. So, um, the Hue bridge is the only thing that would have to be reconnected to home. The light bulbs come with oh, it. Oh right. Um, so you okay? Suddenly, you've this got is it pretty easy. doable. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, you know, I thought ahead, obviously. Yeah. Okay. That that right. is the one um, good thing about having bridged uh, HomeKit accessories is that the bridge is the connecting point, not each individual item. I tell you what, let's look further into the future again, into the possible <laughs> future, the slightly less certain future. Only so, uh, Apple this week um, applied for a patent on a particular thing, and Apple applies for hundreds of patents. It gets hundreds of them. doesn't mean we'll ever see it in the product. But have you seen about the flashlight for Apple Watch, and do you want one? Um, I already have a flashlight on my Apple Watch, William. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, if you mean the press the button <laughs> on the side, swipe, press the button, and then kind of contort your wrist in a certain superhero or no flamenco kind of dancing way and then the screen lights up that's not it that's did, not enough. did you did no. you notice that if you turn the wrist back towards your face it dims the light so it doesn't yes. blind you i just yes. i find that my girlfriend figured this out and she was just fascinated with it like a toy and just kept playing with it i just thought it was funny it's brilliant isn't it yeah my only thing is i prefer using the torch uh, excuse me the flashlight on my iphone because with the iphone you can use harry potter commands do you know about this yes have I see? Yes. yes. So I will stand there and say Loomis, and my fridge will light up in front of me. Well, I should explain that fridges should light up anyway. But I broke the bulb oh, years fine. ago and can never quite get around. <laughs> Why do I need to? I've got an iPhone. Right. So, yeah. Anyway, just have AI choose real? the food for you. You don't even need to look in the fridge. It just already knows. Sorry, okay, I just I, me now. yeah. No, um, I just hate AI. So I have a lot of disdain. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but it's there. Uh, <laughs> It's, well, I mean, if AI chose chocolate for me, I, I would come to terms with that somehow. I mean, do you need I, it to I, choose it for you? True. I believe it's self determination. I mean, I think you, you, you already had it chosen, so the AI just suggested what you already wanted. Yeah, it's it's all knowing. It's omniscient. It's going right, to take this over. Is actually, getting quite philosophical. <laughs> the torch. Excuse me. I. It's funny. I really like the American word flashlight instead of torch, but it's very odd isn't it? It's quite a Germanic um, construction, flash and light together. It's like field glasses where we would say binoculars and things. Well, I don't know why certain constructions happen to me, but I, I, I just wonder where though. the differentiation was and maybe it was the, the technology because, you know, you're literally coming from a literal torch versus maybe American industrialism inventing the flash bulb and uh the light reflectors inside of a plastic you know shell so like they're trying to be clever maybe maybe flashlight's one of those brand names that just became a name oh yes yeah. i don't Good know point. it could be i was just automatically blaming merriam webster um but i do for everything um i mean just to do with language obviously there are other things not <laughs> the fault of merriam webster um but to the point if I could get you an actual flashlight that kind of clipped on your watch band very close to the, the body of the watch and it was kind of horizontal to the watch so that if you pointed at somebody, the light came on and it was presumably really bright. Kind of like Buzz Lightyear with the laser. Yes, yes you exactly just... like that. Oh, I wish I'd thought of that. Yes. yes. Yeah. Do you fancy that? Do you want it? No, no, I have no need for that. I feel like a person with oh. a headlamp. I mean, headlamps are useful in certain circumstances, just never in public. No, that's true. Okay. <laughs> right. I think we've mined that one oh. enough days. Podcast yeah, okay. over. Um, 
Yeah, sorry about that. I should say that it's. I love reading patents for things because Apple is absolutely dedicated on how something can be done and also making the descriptions so vague and so broad that they can sue people in the future for even thinking about something similar. But right. what they almost never do is say why you would want something and this time they gave one little reason which was that torch on the side of the watch could have its own battery and so save your watch battery. Oh. Well, sold i don't yeah. i don't um envy your weekly trip to the um patent mines but i the one thing i do enjoy about patents is going back and saying hmm we this thing the Apple Vision Pro actually was yes. you know being built in like 2016 right like looking back yeah. and seeing like headset configurations and glass and and visor implementations and just the headband just everything is in patents but you'll never know until they actually announce it it, it hindsight is 2020 of course but it, it is funny that it's, it's kind of all out there uh, somebody at Apple I can't remember if it was somebody you know famous actually said. All of this stuff was out there in hidden in plain sight. And once they said it and you look back, yes, it was so obvious what they were doing for everything. So now, of course, uh, as I go through the patents, I'm thinking, is there something obvious of what they're doing next? Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on about a car. I think there's going to be a blue Apple car very, very soon. They're going to make really yeah. very nice um, remote control like RC cars that you can drive around like a child's toy. Uh, right. That so you need so all the same patent supply. They're just a lot smaller than you expected, right? <laughs> so I've been getting my hopes up for an actual vehicle, and you're saying basically it's a Christmas toy that they were exactly on yeah for uh, ten years yeah for, and that, they, they had to buy dollars, billions, probably yeah <laughs> AI driven uh, Barbie uh, car yes no. I'm I'm excited to. Do you know, I would consider that. I loved the Barbie film, but okay. I, yes, you're excited. I I, I would definitely think about investing um a second or third mortgage into a <laughs> apple car i am definitely curious about what shape it would take how much it would cost there's just so many variables here but william honestly how much of the car really is beyond the infotainment system what do, do we really care like i i understand okay look i'm a car person okay like i get it like i i love looking at you know old muscle cars you know, um, I, I'm a big Gran Turismo player. I love cars, but in real life, I also understand that I'm going to go to the speed limit <laughs> just like everyone else. So I'm going to go buy a Honda Civic with with CarPlay and be content. What is the Apple Car going to do that isn't just miming my app to a screen and having a steering wheel and four wheels? Beyond that, yes, they might have some very nice cushioned seats. They might have a windshield with a heads-up display. I just... I don't know that, and that's what's so interesting about Apple Car is: mm. can they entice me to actually go to Apple Car and spend whatever hundred and twenty thousand dollars starting price, or am I am I just going to be okay just plugging my iPhone in as I always have into CarPlay and just go with that? Because what can they do really that isn't already there? Yeah, color wouldn't affect your choice. Uh, the, the blue car, of course. Well, I mean, I can, yeah. get, a, I can get a blue Honda Civic, William. I don't know if you know this, but oh, the market's full no, of I'd... blue cars. <laughs> but is there a space gray? Oh. Uh, or I can't think of other Apple terms that space basically black, mean green. Silver. Yes. 
um, titanium gray. midnight blue oh titanium gray yeah. surely titanium a titanium covered car would look like it wasn't finished wouldn't it <laughs> it looked kind of like the cyber truck it's like a pixel that hasn't fully rasterized yes, yes. Mm-hmm. well okay actually all right let's just delve here for a moment because it's funny you should say that about plugging your iphone in and using carplay that even if you hadn't already told me what car yet i would know this means you don't drive a tesla i think Oh, absolutely. Because Tesla doesn't no. support CarPlay. But and, I was, well, I was, I, I was uh, anti-Tesla before it was cool. I just never thought they were very interesting car. Like I, I like the concept, but there's gonna be there's better electric vehicles out there, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I really, really wanted one, and now what with Twitter X or I just yeah. The, no. the, I was driven around somewhere in some no-name electric car, and it was gorgeous, and it wasn't Tesla. Like, I the key fob is cool. I like that the key fob looks oh, like yes. a little car. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just a car, guys. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, well, okay, I don't understand no. the, the cult following. And, and, and on top of that, there's... I don't know. I don't want to get into it, because the fans will like set us on fire. But, yes, the anti-carplay stance of it is definitely one reason why I would never own a Tesla, because, come on, CarPlay? That's That's... That's 100%. Like, build a car around CarPlay. That's all I care about because that's why I'm buying a car, personally, is to have my phone plug into it. I think I can change your mind. I think I can turn you around. Oh, of Are course. Are you willing to try? Oh, yes. Are you open-minded? I, I, am, I am opening my mind to suggestion, yes. Okay. Um, I, I actually don't know the strength of this because it's a Tesla rumor. It looks pretty solid. That There is yet another software update coming, and... People who follow Tesla updates are saying that the next one, which has apparently just been released to staff at Tesla and is coming very soon to everybody else, will include not CarPlay, but Apple Podcasts. Is that enough for you? You Does that turn you? I, I, Hmm. I think in the vehicle, I would be more concerned about having Apple Maps. But mm. funny enough, Apple Podcast is most of my listening. If other people are in the car, of course, I'll play music. But if I'm alone, mm. I'm almost always listening to a podcast. That is enticing, but not enough because, yes, I, I would really like to have the other things <laughs> along with it. Well, what about the fact that in order to get it, you'd have to be um, – there's a some term, a premium subscription you have to have with Tesla that's an extra $10 a month to give to Elon Musk to allow, uh, not to get Apple Podcasts, but to get any kind of streaming thing like right. that. Yeah, you have to um, pay I'm to assuming unlock. that doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't sound fun. Yeah, okay. So I kind of lost you there on that one. So I haven't got a job selling for Tesla. But William, I, again, just a, yeah. another technology that seems to have disappeared off the face of the earth. What happened to, like, McDonald's? adding a CarPlay app that lets you place your order while you're waiting in line and pay with Apple Pay, checking out with Face ID on your phone, and then pulling up and just grabbing your food and go. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many things that have been announced or patented or, or discussed at some point that just cease to exist. I, I need to do an article on this because there's so many things that just never yeah. happened. <laughs> I didn't even know that one. And I, I'm, I'm I might be making it up. No. I believe it was a maybe it was a patent application, but like I believe at some point there was a concept being discussed because we we covered one thing where you could like order a pizza. I think you can do like Pizza Hut from CarPlay or something like that. Um, so we, we, there's a YouTube video and everything, but I believe the concept was supposed to go further than that and like allow you to do like drive through orders and, and stuff like that, but it just never surfaced or developers just didn't care. I don't know. But with CarPlay, the way it is, I mean, ev- the, 
the surveys don't lie. I mean, everyone who's interested in buying a new car is interested in CarPlay. So uh, developers, where are you at? I honestly don't understand why CarPlay is so popular. I mean, I love it, but I look at it and I think it's very simple. It does a few things, does them very well. But how often have you I'm used... now the same as you. I would never buy a car now that didn't have it. Yeah. Have you used have other used... like uh, infotainment systems that weren't CarPlay? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Over the years. It's miserable. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You turn on Radio 4 and that's it. That'll do. But yes, I do do more. I, I was trying to show off to my mother when I drove her to some appointment somewhere, pulled into this deep underground car park and pressed all the buttons. You can actually pay for your parking through CarPlay, except something didn't work and I looked like an idiot um, for it. Possibly not a word you know there, but I think you can get it from the context. Aegis, not a not a very good word there thanks so uh, i might just drive off somewhere and quietly play with car pine car play in a corner well don't drive too far I, I was wondering if you um had to use a certain feature while you were on vacation um emergency sos did you get did you get trapped in the forest somewhere in in japan or lost at sea uh, weirdly no um <laughs> I, I feel like i'm disappointing there but on the flight back into London, um, I was trying to arrange something. So the moment we get a signal, I was going to use it. And as I was trying for the signal, it was saying no. That was the first time I'd ever seen SOS and the little satellite icon in the corner. So I presume I could have tried using it. But trying to find a satellite from a moving aircraft in cloud cover, yeah, it wouldn't be. But I was excited to see, I was excited to see the icon. How ridiculous is that? But I was. Tell me, be be sensible, be mature. The adults in the room here, have you used it and did it save your life? No, ever? but um, being no. in Tennessee, I see SOS uh, a lot more than you might. Um, <laughs> oh. Yes, uh, I believe that actually doesn't necessarily mean SOS via satellite. I think it means the only thing you can do right now is dial 911 and we'll get you connected, but nothing else is going to oh, work. Right. Um which also right. means you'll probably connect over satellite, but it's not. I don't necessarily think it means that. It's just you have mm. so little connection that your your bandwidth is being saved for emergency connections only, more or less. I think that's what the SOS is supposed to tell you. Oh, okay, but the little satellite icon, I can enjoy. That oh, one. right, right, right. That yeah. is, yeah, yeah, you would definitely be. You're you're so you're so dead that you must connect to a satellite to uh, get anyone to help you. Yeah. I mean, I I can't imagine being in a situation like that but um it would be it I, my mind always just goes back to the uh apple announcement for sos and a helicopter showing up to save these this couple who's yes. been backpacking yes. across a mountain and i'm just thinking the american healthcare system uh would charge you for that helicopter and i believe that would be in the range of 12 to fifteen thousand dollars so Thank you. I'll walk. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay. Strange you say backpacking because apparently there's a backpacking magazine. And this week they interviewed um, the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department who just wanted to enthuse about a emergency SOS over by satellite and actually partly wanted to enthuse because they had been so skeptical when it launched they thought yeah yeah aye aye false alarms people will be misusing it and they have we you know we've all heard reports of people in um falling over when they're skiing and that's triggering alerts that's and they're the, uh, so crash detection up. 
Yeah, see, and because they've got all their gloves things, they can't get to the button or it won't system that they don't know. And then, you know, Air Sea Rescue arrives for it. So that happens, but apparently less and less. Um, they're working on it, yeah. I think the algorithms are getting better. People are getting better about turning it off. Um, it should probably be a focus filter. Apple, come on, give us a focus filter for crash detection. Uh, you know, automatically turn it on when you're driving. Funny. Oh, that's <laughs> what I was just wondering. <laughs> like, okay. Wow. Yes. How revolutionary would that be, Apple? Come on. Um, but yes, making it a filter would also mean people might turn it off when they don't mean to, and it's it's a whole thing. But I still think it should be a focus filter. But uh, no, yes, SOS via satellite, much less, you know, you can't accidentally do that. So I think they're going to be happy with it. But uh, go on with your story. Well, it's just, I should have thought of this. I don't know why I didn't. Um they also were skeptical of it because they thought they were, it would be abused. And apparently the whole year, they've had, maybe there was more than this than they were exaggerating, but for emphasis, they've had one person who reached out over emergencies because they were out of gas oh, somewhere. Um, so, you know, an entire rescue squad apparently was mobilised, but some, somehow they found out and didn't actually go. But yes, I would have. now they've said it, I would have imagined that happening so, a lot. Well, so, you- yeah. Um, you you live in a place where uh, you're pretty close to a lot of things all the time. Can you get lost in the country in the UK? I don't really. I can't imagine how big it is. Is is it big enough that you can drive out of a town and run out of gas in the middle of nowhere? You know what I mean. Well, I can get lost anywhere. Uh. <laughs> I once. I actually. Well, I was with a group of friends and my wife Angela, and we went on one of these. Uh, it was a walk, but it was also, you know, learn to navigate without smartphones mm. things. And I, we're all split up in different, and I was so smug. I found my way out onto the road we were supposed to go, and I was the first one there. And honestly, my head was so big, I had to be outdoors. I wouldn't have got into buildings for it. <laughs> and then I happened to glance to my side, and half a mile down the road was Angela and everyone else who had come out at the correct spot for it. So I kind of gave up and trusted my iphone after that but yes uh to your point you i can get lost and yeah some runs are it, some places are quite far I, I, i've yeah. been alive long enough that um i existed before the cell phone i know shock and awe uh so when I, when we were when i was younger we would be on trips and a lot of times there was these like you know uh we live in the mountains so we go to these like off distant lakes up high in the mountain and you have to drive drive down these twisty roads some of them only coated in gravel where you can look over out your out of the side of the car and you're looking over a cliff edge kind of thing like this just you know we're not the rocky mountains but it's still a mountain with you know cliffs and stuff um for some reason <laughs> my parents i don't know why uh, gas just it, we would run out sometimes i don't i it, it happened more than once so it was, it was an issue maybe the car was just bad with gas i don't know but i just have distinct memories of being uh camping out overnight in a car as my dad walked whatever miles to the nearest gas station to fill up a can and walk back to fill up the car and uh yeah it happened at least twice definitely more than once but um just thinking hmm, i wonder if we had emergency sos via satellite we could have got roadside assistance which is the new feature right sos via satellite oh, yes, roadside about that. Yes. and uh i'm just thinking back to then to now if i could have told my I don't know, seven, eight-year-old self, like, you know, in the future, you'll be able to talk directly to a satellite and have someone bring gas to you, and they'll know exactly where you are because you'll have a little device that tells them, um, using the very same satellite, basically, to GPS your route. So, I don't know. I just find it very interesting how far we've come Hmm. and how easy it is to take these kinds of technologies for granted. But uh, 
Yeah. I'm not excited. I, just, I, can, I don't want to find myself in a situation I, to use the technology, but I am very happy that it's there if we ever need it. I just I picture your seven-year-old nodding at you going, satellites, talking everywhere, and you can do all of this stuff, and what you use it for is to get gas. Exactly. Is that it? <laughs> is, is that, that it? the future? That's it. All right, brilliant. Okay, I'll stay here. Okay. <laughs> at least it's free um, for another year anyway. Well, actually, this is the thing I've been wondering about this. Why won't Apple say what it's ever going to cost? Because they don't I, know. I hear rumors. Well, yeah, but Apple doesn't know. I that, think they're going to have so many problems when they do charge, if they do charge. It's going to be retroactive. Yeah. Uh, so, again, United States. So, have you ever been picked up by an ambulance in the United States, William? Uh, can't say you no, have. Can't say I have. Okay. So, I've been pointed out with guns by the police in California. That was... That's interesting, fun. but That's no, no, fun. no, can't do that. Yeah. Um. So if you're ever called, it's such a it's such an ordeal. If you are uninsured and call nine one one and you need an ambulance and they take you to the hospital, you'll get charged for that ambulance, and it's in the range of about five thousand dollars. Um. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not great. That's why a lot of times people will drive themselves to the hospital, like bleeding, <laughs> just because yeah. they would rather do that than pay the bill. Um. Anyway, that, health insurance. That, America, uh, what was I getting at? We were talking about. I lost. I lost my point. I got focused on ambulances. Well, I went off thinking about. Uh, we don't have that here. We have the NHS, but uh, it looks like if the government has its way. Oh, um, anyway, at some pricing. Point we'll copy it. Oh, good. Uh, so I was pricing. getting at pricing. So um, yeah, all of that's not great. But the way that works is they don't show up and hold a tablet in front of you while you're bleeding out on the street. Uh, and ask you to tap with Apple Pay and leave a tip before they put you in the ambulance and take you to the hospital. They get it all done, and a few months later, you'll get a lovely bill in the mail saying, uh, we saved your life, give us money. And sometimes you can, you know, defer it or whatever and go on our payment plan. It's it's not great, but it comes later. And that's my assumption here. The, the satellite feature will always work. It's not going to come up with a billing screen. It's not going to do anything like that. But eventually, you'll probably get an email saying, hey, you use this life-saving feature. It costs like 20 bucks. Just uh, you know, tap to pay here, and we won't have to take you to litigation. I know it's not great. It's not going to be you know, as clean-cut maybe as Apple wants. Maybe, maybe they can include it as part of Apple One Premium or something. Apple One, yes. Um, and just say, you know what, if you're paying for this. But then, again, bad. Like I don't think there's a good way to do this. If you did the Apple One thing, they'd be like, oh, well, now they just want people to subscribe to this. And they're going to say, the only <laughs> extortion, we're going like, to let you die on the side of the road if you don't pay for Apple One Premium. But I don't know. I, I see them having a few clever ways to do this. But no matter what, it's going to be bad PR because there's no way around it. It costs money. It needs to be paid. Yeah. Maybe health insurance can be part of it. But I do believe you'll get a bill after the fact. So you can at least get your life saved. And generally speaking, as long as you're not completely cynical, um, you'll be so happy that your life was saved by this feature, you'll be happy to pay the whatever it was. As long as it's not, you know, 10 grand. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking in the range of anywhere between 20 and $200. But we'll, we'll see how it works. It also depends on what they had to do to save you. But I think that, mm. that also, you're going to get a bill from Apple for using the feature to connect to a satellite, sure. But you're also going to get a bill from the st- from wherever you were to get saved, <laughs> the park park rangers, which is likely to be a bit bit bigger. Yeah, so that's, you might that's not the notice one the Apple ones around. Yeah. I see your point there. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't see yeah. it as being too much of an issue on the back end, but it's going to be one of those things where the um, guys at the keyboards on the internet are going to be like, "Wow, Apple doesn't care about human life or whatever," and it's going to be annoying, yes. and we're going to get yes. to talk about it here. So we'll see. Okay. 
One of the things I liked at the the LA people uh, saying that they at the start it was yeah yeah whatever this is going to be a hassle and by the end the main guy I've forgotten his name who was speaking uh, says that actually he's an Android user and he wishes it was on Android every cell phone should have this so they had it's a it good for thing. fifteen minutes yeah. and then they cancelled it right really am I forgetting it I yeah no um, uh, you'll have to do a quick Google uh, while I'm stalling. But uh, um, but yes, there there was a there was a feature some one of these phones I can't remember what company Pixel Samsung somebody but they also had a satellite feature with a partnership and everything they announced it near after Apple I think is a Me Too like please uh, we're doing it oh. it's an industry thing and then like this year recently we got an announcement that they just did they're just not doing it Didn't. anymore. Right. You- I actually I remember hours before Apple made its announcement um there was a partnership Elon Musk and someone else announced that they were going to do it and they were going to do it better and all this and it was hilarious they had invested a lot of money in a press release and you knew that's all they were ever going to do I mean I could be wrong I'll find out in a few years but at the time that was the impression that they were desperate to just get ahead of Apple but to on that bombshell that's it for this week's uh, edition of the Apple Insider podcast. Uh, thank you, Wes. Um, you can take me down some strange routes into my own past and into yours as well. But yeah, thanks. Yeah, um, gonna thank miss, you very much, everybody, for listening. Yeah, going to miss Stephen, of course. Uh, hopefully, you guys get used to us. Uh, we're, we're we're still finding our footing. I think this is our third time ever communicating in a podcast. Maybe maybe fourth. Um, yeah, because previously we'd never talk. Yeah, no, we'd rotate. St- Stephen kept us separated for some reason. He We're did. not sure why, but uh, we'll find out soon enough. So. <laughs> I mean, if this is your first time listening to podcasts, you don't even know who we're talking about. But if you're in any way a long-term listener, even a couple of weeks, you're missing Stephen Robles, and so are we. But we've been talking to him in the week. He's moved on to other things that he's trying to get off the ground. He's having a great time for it. But he does said to say hello to you. So hello from Stephen, which actually fits because I'm about to say goodbye from Wes and from William. And also, by the way, thank you very much to ZocDoc for supporting Apple Insider. It's much appreciated. See you next week. Bye-bye.